You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what is your post-game week eight edition. Cleveland Browns, losers, 16-6 at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, We're going to get to this in detail with Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated. Um, For me, first thing that comes to mind is flat. Just F-L-A-T, both sides of the ball. Um, this team looked like they were the team not expecting the weather conditions. Um, we'll get to uh, all this and more on your post game, Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd and Pete Smith. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Pete, uh, look, I mean, in, you can say no Odell Beckham. You can say no Austin Hooper. You can say no Miles Garrett. You can say no Nick Chubb. 16-6. Um, you should be familiar with the weather pattern in your own area. Um, and for anybody who's going to try to put this on the quarterback today, I don't see there's any way you possibly could do that. Several key drops, whether it was 80, whether it was 85. Uh, even Kareem Hunt, Harrison Bryant, and his fumble. Pete, very, very flat showing for a team with that had a lot in front of them today with the opportunity to be 6-2, and two, to go into the bye, to get healthy, to get right. Um, but be that all that as it may, the Browns lose 16-6, uh, now 5-3. and three. Bye week, eight games to go to close out the second half of the 2020 regular season. Just – not the the best of efforts, um, you know, offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, um, you know, several players. And I guess on offense, you could start, probably start with number 71, but just not a great day all around. Well, it looked like a team that was playing on the road uh, and was in need of the bye week this week. Uh, they just, uh, I, I don't know if Jedrick Wills was maybe sick, but he certainly looked out of it. Uh, just, Pad level was high, didn't finish plays, was slow. Uh, obviously, some mental mental errors. It just didn't look right for him. Um, you know, they couldn't catch the ball. They had opportunities. They, there were some Kareem Hunt runs that looked like they could have been better uh, if we had a, you know, if he didn't have to make a man miss so fast or another block was made. They were able to produce a little bit, but when they had opportunities to make plays, they, they couldn't do it. And they had, uh, you know, trips in the red zone that, that weren't productive. Uh, you know, you, you can't you, two two trips in the red zone combined for zero or for, for three points uh, that could have been 14. Uh, you know, Landry did not play well. He made a great one-handed catch late in the game, but the fade he dropped in the end zone was brutal. Uh, it was a great throw. Uh, if he caught it the first time, it would have been a, t- you know, pretty routine touchdown, but it, you know, whatever, whatever elements or whatever, he uh, couldn't couldn't snag it the first time. Had to sort of try to recatch it, and ultimately it hit the ground. They called the touchdown initially, then overturned it on review. He missed another one on a crossing route. Uh, hit him in the hands. Had room to run. I think it was a third down. They had to punt, uh, and then Najoku basically dropped the same ball, uh, crossing route over the middle, on the same direction, and they uh, they couldn't couldn't connect it. So. 
Kareem Hunt dropped the ball. I mean, Harrison Bryant, obviously the fumble early was bad. Uh, not that it, they, I don't think the Raiders really capitalized on it. They ultimately had to punt the ball back, but it's just a, another play where you, you know, you lose the ball. You, you had some momentum gaining there and, you know, it's tough. Uh, I thought Baker Mayfield played pretty well. Um, the weather got him a few times on, on some passes, but overall he delivered some really accurate balls. Um, the Raiders, like the Bengals, don't have a great pass rush. Uh, but he did a nice job sort of extending some plays and maneuvering in the pocket that created some problems. He got Max Crosby once really well. Uh, and he put uh, passes in places that were were good spots for guys to make plays. And in some of those cases, even the perfect ball. I don't fault Landry for the last one. Um, it was just That would have been an incredible catch if he made it. Uh, but uh, it just – that's sort of how it goes is – if uh, you, you can't, I mean, the defense is bad. Uh, it's a lot worse when Miles Garrett isn't playing in it. But the offense, you know, there's no game you're going to win this year where they they only get to score six. Um, you know, this is a team that has scored in up in the upper 30s as far as all of their victories have gone, and every time they've lost, it's been basically either seven or less. So it's not difficult to tell why or how they lose. Um, the Raiders were a pretty good team but it wasn't like they were overpowering or something that the browns couldn't compete with they just uh, you know it, it's less about the browns the raiders beating the browns and and more about the browns beating themselves yeah uh you know it, it just you know look there was you know no cohesion and i think this is pretty you know safe to say from both sides uh you know for probably at least the first half um you know just trying to figure out what you can do with these elements and look yes the elements were there um, but again, look, it's no excuse. I mean, you know, both teams are playing in it. It was erratic for kickers. It was erratic for the passing game. Um, in so, some situations, maybe give the Browns an advantage. You know, we didn't have to worry so much about, you know, Henry Ruggs or Nelson Aguilar deep uh, against an Andrew Sande, who had a couple of nice plays today um, when the game was played more in the realm of, in the scope of, you know, where he could succeed. So there were some things that were taken away from the Raiders that obviously could have given you know, uh, better opportunity to the Browns, but just again, yes, I agree flat. Um, and Jarvis, the last one. Um, and part of this is, you know, look, I mean, with the crack rib, I mean, you're sore all around. I mean, you know, somebody gets you in the right spot. They knock the ball loose. Um, certainly needed it, had to have it, but you can't really fault it. You know, so those guys on the other side of the ball, they get paid for performance too. But look, you know, when it is this difficult weather wise, and when it's this hard of a struggle competing against the elements and certainly competing against your opponent, you can't have these just drops that they did. And the other thing is, is if you're going to be a good team and you're going to play in a bunch of close games, you've got to be there. You've got to make those plays because, you know, one, two, it'll cost you a ball game. And, you know, we saw that here today. Um, one other thing on the offensive side of the ball and, you know, Pete, like, I guess the most difficult thing here is how do you work in the pass when you know you're being limited and a lot of stuff that you want to do through the air is being taken away because obviously you just don't want to say, oh, okay, we're just going to run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, which eventually Las Vegas kind of did, uh, except for the one drive where Renfro caught the touchdown. But, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you stay diverse so at least you're not getting to the point where it's just, you know, basically 11 on 11 within, you know, five yards of the box. I thought the Browns did a good job with that. Uh, their offense sort of naturally caters to uh, not throwing the ball deep, especially with their personnel right now. 
but they just played horizontal and it wasn't a bunch of long throws. Uh, the, the fade was not a super long throw. There was a long pass across the field from, from Mayfield to Harrison Bryant that he was able to make, but they used the, they used play action and bootleg and some naked stuff and, and just moved, uh, forced the Raiders to chase sideways. And it created some opportunities to, to, to make plays, uh, in the passing game and to create some, some significant opportunities for run after catch. And obviously Mayfield had a couple of runs that were, were productive. So, I mean, to their credit, and I, I mean, the offense's design in general, they, they're, they're all, their game plan was relatively wind resistant in the first place. Uh, so it that in that sense, it looked like the Browns had a significant advantage because the Raiders were trying to go deeper and they ran into some to some issues with that, but the Browns were largely keeping it pretty simple, just, uh, you know, short intermediate passes that were, uh, you know, again, for the most part, say for maybe two throws, I think that stand out were were pretty good. Uh, and it, it had nothing to do with the ball bouncing off the guy, their, their guy's hands. Maybe the, the weather sort of added a little bit of a hook that made it tougher to judge or the, uh, a little bit of the snow or precip that was going on at the end, but overall, uh, you know, from a offensive design standpoint, they got the looks they wanted to, and they just needed to capitalize, and they couldn't. And, and just you know, a tough day, obviously. The Browns with the um, momentum uh, they've been picking up lately, um, you know, but now obviously back to five and three. Um, Houston, Philadelphia coming up out of the gate. Uh, after the bye, but the bye is obviously needed. You know, Miles Garrett was the ankle, now a knee. Um, then you maybe you get into the opportunity where you're talking about you're adding players such as Wyatt Teller, Nick Chubb, and this it's to the point now with you know Odell being out for the season, you want uh, as much firepower and you know whatever your strengths are on offense to come on back here. Um, the defense, we're going to get to that here in a minute, um, and obviously that is not a completely finished product by any means whatsoever. Your Monday locked on Browns, your post game show, your non-victory Monday, Jeff Lloyd and Pete Smith. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. That's okay because they have joined a new league. They have joined the league of football watchers. And the League of Football Watchers is brought to you by the fine folks over at Pepsi. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. My 12-ounce jolt obviously is getting me through this pregame show. um, As it's not getting me through the excitement of a Browns victory. But again, Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pete, the defensive side of the ball. Um, and look, you know, that Miles Garrett had a flash early that maybe thought you were going to lead to something. Um, you thought maybe Ronnie Harrison was going to be able to, you know, capitalize on that where Carr stepped up, didn't see Ronnie Harrison, and that didn't happen. Uh, obviously, that drive led to a missed field goal. But Pete, right now you're talking about a defensive unit, and I, I don't want to discount Olivier Vernon, but you know, part of this, as we talk about this team, we talk about the future of this team. But Olivier Vernon with a good day today, and for people who want to say, you know, Olivia Vernon doesn't do this. Look, Olivia Vernon is a player. But, Pete, the future of this defense, um, you, you look at it, and Porter Gustin was highly active today. But, I mean, I think what you know you have going further is you have number 95, you have number 21, and you have number 33. 
you know that with confidence, you're pretty good that you have that going further. But this defense still needs a lot of work. And maybe this is, and we've talked about, you know, where, uh, you know, the what the offense can do has masked some things. And look, there's been times where the defense has masked what the offense have done with turnovers. They weren't able to do that today. They weren't able to create the pressure that Miles is normally accustomed to. Because if you're thrown in with what Miles normally does, with what Olivia, uh, Olivia Vernon did today, probably would have maybe worked out well, looked pretty well. Um, but again, Pete, the tackling, the tackling, the tackling. Um, and you did a great job when we talked about this on the pregame show that is if you get to the point where this game was close or if you get to the point where the Raiders had this game late, a lead later in the game, and this was without Trent Brown, is they're just a massive unit on the offensive side of the ball. The Browns starting defensive tackles, you know, we know Larry is not 300. Sheldon is probably not 300. And then you start getting that lean, and Josh Jacobs runs with a lot of power. Booker ran well. Rashard ran well. And I think part of it was just, you know, I think this team sometimes gets a little bit, when the chips are down, you see a little bit of discontent from everybody on the field. And I think the defense realizing that, you know, the offense just wasn't getting it going today. And then once the Raiders got to the position where they could just basically push them around and you know, kill the clock, we're talking about a game that ended before 4 p.m. Eastern, um, you know, we talked about the bad of what could lead to a Browns loss today, and it kind of showed up. Well, I mean, when Miles Garrett isn't out there, it's it's over. I mean, it's just over. We've seen they, this. They <laughs> don't have they don't have the firepower to make up for for him not playing or even just playing less. I mean, he didn't even miss the game. He actually played and contributed. He just didn't do it as much, and they were ill-equipped and the Browns art defense is more built to play with a lead clearly, uh, which I have no problem with. Uh, but uh, Denzel Ward was not built for this type of game. Um, he needed this to be a, a game where the, the Raiders were forced to pass and he could cover. He's just not going to go up there and tackle uh, Josh Jacobs or, or Devontae Booker or some of those guys. Uh, the defensive line, I, you know, Olivier Vernon did a nice job uh, when he had some wind. Uh, Sheldon Richardson was impactful early when he wasn't tired. And then it just sort of wore on them. And obviously the time of possession was something like 40 minutes for the Raiders. Uh, and they just drained the uh, Browns entire gas tank and just were able to just sort of lean on them at the end. Um, their linebackers are awful. I mean, Malcolm Smith is fine, but he's not built for this game. Uh, he's 220 pounds. He's, you know, he's not there to take on this. Mac Wilson can't play dead. He's one of the worst players I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, when, in, if you're looking for him on the field, he's either, he's not on your screen. It's either because he can't read what he's looking at or because he's on attached to a guard 10 yards down the field. And for all the crap people give Andrew, Anderson Dale, he at least comes up and makes some tackles. Mac Wilson is just not there. Uh, Sione Takitaki, awful. Uh, he's got the physical. This should have been a game for him, and he and too often yeah. he whiffed. Uh, and, and those are plays he needs to make. BJ Goodson, you know, he's just he's a jag. He's he's just a guy. The Browns don't have those type of dudes, and you know, I don't expect they will next year either. Uh, I mean, they'll, they'll certainly try to get that one linebacker that can help them, but I think they're gonna, uh, you know, evolve into a team that doesn't have linebackers as much or fewer of them. Uh, and, and the team you're seeing right here, uh, 
is giving you good reason why. Jacob Phillips has obviously missed a bunch of time with the knee. Who knows what he will bring this year uh, if he brings anything. You know, Ronnie Harrison is a nice player. Um, I don't know that he's enough, but certainly if the Browns had a good defense around him, and I think they're about five to six players away from that, uh, he will shine. But Olivier Vernon's not going to be here next year. Larry Ogunjobi's a free agent. I don't know if he's going to be here next year. So you need at least another defensive end and another defensive tackle. Uh, you'll get Andrew Billings back, which is great. Uh, you know, assuming this COVID thing doesn't keep dragging on and he's forced to opt out again. Uh, Porter Gustin is a fine fourth end, uh, but he's not more than that right now. Uh, you you like what he does. You, you, you There's some energy plays he can make, but he's not – not a very good pass rusher right now. He's just—he's he, more. He's actually a better run defender, uh, just because he goes fast and and, and can sort of uh, slant and 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 do some damage. Uh, but you, you need obviously you're hoping Grant Delpit comes back healthy, but you need at least one more safety, maybe two, because you if you're going to try to play a a base dime, you need three on the field at, at a time, and they can't just be jags. They need to be good. So you're going to need at least one more of those plus more depth. You're going to need another corner, whether that's Terrence Mitchell not coming back or Kevin Johnson not coming back or both. Greedy Williams is a giant question mark. So you have a lot of things to sort of deal with in the offseason. Certainly the Browns have assets to do that. They have cap room to do that. They're going to be more active, I expect. this. They're going to be more aggressive. Uh, you know, I would love for this team to trade for Desmond King if he's, I mean, he's available. He did not play today, and I don't know why. We're both. You know we're both all over that one. Well, it's just he fixes so many problems for this team. One, he's physical and he can cover, and he's built for the slot. He's played slot. You know, he, he could easily transition into sort of that heavy slot guy, and it lets you take a linebacker off the field and not just off you – know, you're not just like occasionally, as in you can send him – put him on the bus and get him out because they can't play anyway. But you have him – you have Kevin Johnson on the other side. You have Denzel Ward on one side, you know, at least for right now, you'd have uh, Terrence Mitchell there. You you have Ronnie Harrison. You've got whoever's playing it free. And, and uh, you know, I would like Sheldrick Redwine to see the field more. He was not the answer to this game. He doesn't tackle anything. And yeah. that's probably why he's not playing. Uh, but anyway, I think, I, I, again, I don't know if it's a viable option, but Desmond King strikes me as the Jimmy Collins type deal. He's in the last part of his deal. He's a really good player. I don't know if the Chargers can uh, will get him to stay. They need to extend him before he uh, gets to free agency because they're not going to tag him, uh, and then he could potentially go off on his merry way. But that would be a dream situation for me. And then a lot of this is to draft and potentially another big free agent splash. Uh, you know. I'd be. I don't know where that would go. Nothing would make me happier than getting Shaquille Griffin. I don't think that's realistic. But in any case, you're hoping that in two weeks, that the rest is going to do this defensive line particularly a lot of good. They've been dealing with various ailments for a while, and they're not in the injury report anymore. But they are clearly hurting in some ways, and obviously not having Andrew Billings sucks. Uh, he would have made a huge difference. Vincent Taylor is. He's okay, and he may have a concussion. I, I, I didn't see what the results of that were, but he he left this game. Uh, Jordan Elliott's still – he's a rookie. He's playing like a rookie now. You know, he's doing some good things as a rookie, but he's – you know, you're hoping he's going to be a lot better as he gets 
uh, more mature and, and, and been around in this league longer just because his style of football is very physically demanding. It's tough to be a power player as a rookie. It's just it's grown ass men. You have to move and it's difficult to do that. So I, you know, the defense is what it is. I don't expect it to be good. The fact that this is still the lowest point total, the Browns have given up uh save for Washington who has no offense uh, tells you all you need to know. They give up a ton of points. They give up a ton of yards. They don't really have the guys to do it. And when they do, they're still going to be a team that's built to play with a lead. So the Browns offense has to be really consistent in that angle. So, you're never going to win games with this team scoring six points. You're not going to win any any team really scoring six points anymore. But you've got to be in the 20s with this team, and you're hoping to be able to then have Miles Garrett with his ears pinned back, Sheldon Richardson with his ears pinned back, Olivia Vernon or whoever it is next year with his ears pinned back. You still got Adrian Claiborne under contract, which I really like, but he's another guy who's dealing with injury stuff. So I, I it's not like – end of the world, doom and gloom, but it just sort of highlights all the issues that we've sort of been bracing for to come to fruition. And to this point, they really haven't against the team where like the Browns were, you know, supposed to, supposed to win or, or be very competitive against it. You know, the Raiders are three and three, but they, they've played a really tough schedule and they're, they're a good solid football team. Uh, this is sort of a toss up game in a lot of ways. Uh, that's the first one they've lost. So it's not the end of the world, but even if the Browns had won this game, these issues would still be there, and we'd still be talking about all the issues, as we have been all year, all the issues on defense and and trying to get more out of this offense. You know, look, you're striving for more balance. There's no doubt about it. Um, I agree with you with the defensive line, um, and it's just not had the overall impact over the last few weeks. And, yes, there is, you know, being well enough to play, and then there's, you know, being truly healthy which they've not been able to do. Um, the secondary, there's times where you think you're taking your turn in the corner and then maybe you're not sure. Um, and, of course, you know, somebody like Greedy Williams and you have no way to even assess that situation. Um, Desmond King and, of course, you know, the trade deadline, obviously coming Tuesday on Election Day. Um, certainly monitor that, you know, Browns with their activity. I don't expect them to be that active. Um, just doesn't seem the modus operandi of uh, the way that this front office wants to operate, but you never know. I mean, if there's something out there and look, if you can get a goodie like a Ronnie Harrison for a fifth, it's certainly something they could be, uh, you know, obviously jumping into the pool with, so to speak, we're going to continue here. Uh, get a couple more thoughts on here, you know, thoughts as we head on into the bye week as we continue on your post game locked on the Browns. The improved built bar is even more deliciouser. Six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, along with some of the 12 original flavors of your favorites, peanut butter, banana bread, double chocolate, and orange. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. A built bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with keto diet. The flavor profile for the peanut butter bar, 19 grams of protein. 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams net carbs. 
Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Pete, I do want to get back here to Baker Mayfield today. Um, because obviously the talk here and now with Odell being out and, you know, whether or not this is good for Baker, bad for Baker, good for the Browns, bad for the Browns, good for Odell, bad for Odell. Um, there's going to be eight more games to monitor this, uh, today. It's not really going to sway anything one way or the other. And, uh, of course, everybody, you know, you saw the, uh, social media talk today from, you know, Ian Rappaport, maybe this is it for Odell here, da, 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 da. We have no way of telling that right now. Um, but, Pete, what we saw today is, you know, again, for now this would be four quarters on top of the three quarters last week, is Baker seems more decisive with what he wants to do with the ball um, and as more of reading what the defense is giving him as opposed to, you know, whether or not, you know, how and how much you can get 13 involved. Um, this is not going to make or break anything again. Um, but you're starting to see, you know, at least Baker with the decision making, the trying to extend plays and look, three yards is better than an incompletion. And he saw that a couple of times again today. And with the way the offensive line is playing, and keep in mind, you still don't have Wyatt Teller back here yet. It's no way to rate it one way or the other, Pete, but it, it seems he's a little more in the zone a little more understanding of what's going on around him without number 13 out there. Oh, so look, uh, you're, you're into this game without Wyatt Taylor, without, uh, uh, without Nick Chubb, without Austin Hooper and without Odell Beckham. Uh, I thought Baker Mayfield was good enough to win that game despite those things. And yes, the Raiders defense is bad. Uh, I don't think there's any dispute about that. Uh, but the difference between this game winning and losing wasn't because Baker Mayfield didn't have weapons to throw to. He gave the weapons he threw uh, throws to balls they could catch and they didn't. Um, and they had opportunities. They only had six drives uh, overall, which is, you know, part of the problem. Uh, you only have so many. And, and two of those, and again, you have six drives. One of those ended a field goal. Two of those ended in the red zone with one of those ending in a field goal. So you have, four or three drives that don't have a chance to get points and that's half your drives. So how much can you really beat up Baker Mayfield on this? They can't, but the the thing is nobody's going to argue, well, he's the solution either, or that nobody can at least is going to say that this is, you know, firm proof that Baker Mayfield is, is the right guy. Uh, I thought he played well, well enough to win, but, they have to do it. They have to keep coming out and winning games. They have to, he has to keep playing well and he has to keep building on it. Um, it's tough to make that case when you score six points and uh, you lose. Um, if, if they won and, and they played sort of like this, I think a lot of people would really like what Baker Mayfield did, but the fact is they didn't. Um, I, I continue to like what I see from him. Obviously I want to see what he does against better pass rushes uh, because that's sort of the, the, the big question mark with him. But I think as much as Baker Mayfield is going to be disappointed in the result and, you know, everything from a team standpoint, I, I think he has to feel at least encouraged by what he saw today. 
and hopefully can build on that with two weeks to really go back and sort of self-evaluate and, and get, you know, get a sense of where things are. I think they can, they can get a lot better and they can you know, one, hopefully get all, get, get at least three of those guys back. Uh, I, I expect White Teller and, and Austin Hooper will be back. It's just a question of if Chubb is quite ready at that point or not, you're not going to get back and back this year. Um, I, I, I continue to believe that the Browns have an issue with their lack of speed at receiver. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't think anything that they're doing is 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 going to be in terms of a complete overall. Uh, the Odell Beckham thing wouldn't surprise me if this is, was his last game with the Browns, but I, I don't subscribe to all the other the other stuff that he that, that was sort of thrown out there that it's, you know, he's never bought into Cleveland or it's a personality thing or that they don't, you know, he doesn't like his teammates, his teammates don't like him. I don't buy any of that stuff. Uh, but it's possible that it's just not a good fit slash, you know, he just suffered a torn ACL and the Browns may not want to wait around and may want to do something else and potentially find a guy that's a better fit. Now that's pressure on them to do it. Obviously, if you then trade Odell Beckham, the question is, what is your answer to that? Um, you have to be able to come up with something that's effective and able to move the ball. And the first game out six points, nobody's going, well, clearly Odell Beckham wasn't the problem. I, you know, I, I don't know if he plays. It, it makes a huge difference in this one if he's healthy, uh, just by the, the way things were going. But they've got eight more opportunities to sort of showcase themselves. And the Browns coaching staff and their front office sort of, sort of have to make, you know, some 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 judgments on where they want to go from here. Does that involve Odell Beckham? Does it involve moving on does it potentially involve moving Landry who did not play well in this game and 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 that's not to say he can't fit in this offense but it's just a question of do they want to spend a billion dollars on receivers my guess would be Landry will be here next year although I'm sure they'd love to have him at a lower contract level uh but I don't I I don't know that Beckham will be I'd be inclined to say he won't be but that's has more to do with the injury and fit uh and and money bad guy who doesn't like being here i think he thoroughly quashed that with with how bad he he wanted the team to win with how bad he wanted all of his teammates to be successful and the fact he wasn't unhappy when the team was winning he was only unhappy you know the one game really uh when they weren't winning uh other than that even when he was hurt you know he basically told baker mayfield to go out there and, and get this win which he did uh so i i i think I think there, there was a conclusion and then they worked backwards. Maybe he's heard something that's legitimate on that front, but I, I think it's more of a, you know, basically going back to what was, has been alleged since the trade happened in the first place. Oh, no, certainly from that point. And, and look, I mean, and you look at today, um, Odell Beckham Jr. isn't what hurt you today. The Nick Chubb injury is probably what hurt this team today. Combination maybe of Wyatt Teller as well. These are things that maybe hurt you where you needed to, be able to have those two backs and you need to be able to feature what was a strong running game and things that led to success in the early quarter of the season. Um, you've not been able to do that to this point. And this may have been the perfect uh, as far as, you know, recipe of whether opponent and anything else we want to throw at it where Nick Chubb was probably missed more today than you're, you would have missed, uh, you know, obviously a player of Odell Beckham Jr.'s caliber. Pete trade deadline Tuesday. We expecting Browns activity. You think the Browns are dormant. And if there was one player to leave the Browns roster or one player out there besides Desmond King to come to the Browns roster, 
Give me some thoughts on that, buddy. Um, I my inclination would be say nothing will happen. Um, and I looked through various rosters, and again, I didn't anticipate Ronnie Harrison, so maybe it's somebody you just don't anticipate. But I don't see a lot of rookie contracts on teams where they've made a a, a substance in change. Teams like the Falcons, the Panthers, um, the Giants, the Jets, uh, some of these other teams that have the Cowboys, some of these teams that have made head coaching changes or are about to make a head coaching change that might be willing to move on from some of these rookie contracts. Um, yeah, like you could say you want to go get uh, the pass rusher from attack McKinley from Atlanta. I don't think he helps you as you know, he is technically a pass rusher. Um, I just don't think he offers much. Desmond King makes the most sense to me. Um, if there's a receiver out there, they could go get, I, I mean, I, I laid out the possibility that the Browns could go get uh, the dude from the Houston Texans. Uh, that, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't, Stills? don't want, yeah. St- Kenny Stills, uh, four, three speed, four, four speed. He's cheap. He's at the end of his deal. Uh, but then, you know, he, he, he would presumably need one, another contract and it may not be as cheap as you'd like it to be, which prompts more questions. But, he has a, a, a field stretcher that has been productive in his career. I don't think the potential of a Adam Thielen trade makes any sense for anybody involved, but nope. it doesn't mean it's not a thing that could potentially have. I, I, I don't see it. Uh, I, I don't see the Browns trading for massive contracts. I mean, the one guy that has a massive contract that I, that I would say go nuts would be Allen Robinson because he's going to be a free agent. I can't imagine he has any interest in ever going back to Chicago, whether uh, it, it's on the field or otherwise. Uh, and, you know, his size at 6'2", 220 um, would be a really good fit for the type of uh, play the Browns are, are going for, I think. Um, so that's the one big swing guy. I don't think Queen and Williams is going to get moved. Um, I don't – like I said, I don't really see anybody. You know, if the Browns – can find somebody they like on a rookie deal that's got a couple of years left or, or like the Ronnie Harrison situation where you've got the rest of this year and next, they could certainly use a draft pick. I don't see any value in trading Olivier Vernon because I, unless you're getting another player for it, I can't imagine getting a draft pick. It, it just doesn't help you right now. The Browns have a lot of draft picks, and I'm always a fan of getting more of them. But I really think the 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 analysis is is – about spending draft picks to get more players, which is again, why I love the Desmond King thing. Even if you have to give up the third round pick, like you did with Jimmy Collins, that's exactly the type of player. I think this defense wants, I think you'd be happy to give up that pick. You'd still have another third round pick and he plays for the rest of this year. Then you can sign him to an extension. Like that's the ideal. I don't know of any other player that jumps out at me quite like that one does. I certainly don't want to do that with a linebacker. Uh, I, you know, maybe a corner, um, if there's one like that out there, but I'm, you know, sort of doing some early draft research. I don't know if the Browns want to spend a ton on another corner and it's only because they're playing cover three and typically teams generally don't want to pay a ton of money for multiple cover three corners. It doesn't mean they're not valuable. It's just, that seems to be a place where, where teams sort of, um, hold on to their money and spend elsewhere. So if, that's why safety just makes so much sense and why Desmond King makes a ton of sense. Cause it, you know, if it perfect world, Carl, uh, uh, what's his face up. 
Grant Delpit comes back perfectly healthy, takes over free safety. Ronnie Harrison plays strong safety, and you get that slot guy uh, as opposed to getting another strong safety and then potentially moving somebody else to the slot like Ronnie Harrison. So from that standpoint, Desmond King checks all the boxes. I don't know how realistic that is, but that's my best guess slash aspiration of where I hope this defense is going. Well, and, and to be honest, look, I mean, Desmond King, the whole situation reeks of, you know, somebody who's going to get traded, um, healthy scratch, and obviously he's been disgruntled. The Chargers are disgruntled. Um, but you you look at a player, you know, former player out of Iowa, uh, highly intelligent, cornerback uh, ability, safety ability, um, versatility, flexibility within a secondary, something that Joe Woods and certainly this Cleveland Browns secondary needs. Um and covets and more the more the merrier as far as that goes um one advantage i think for the browns is that this is the bye week so if they were to make an acquisition for somebody you get a chance to get him coached up before you start you know implementing your practices getting him ready for a game week week 10 versus the houston texans so i mean it does come at a favorable point for the browns from that standpoint um look you know bottom line here today uh team came out flat um and for everybody who was highly anticipating, you know, what this day would be for Baker Mayfield, nothing has changed one way or the other. Um, I think, you know, his receivers let him down a little bit. I think this team's desperately, and if you could say, who do you need back more, Nick Chubb or Odell Beckham Jr., this team needs Nick Chubb back more in a major way. Um, they were able to make things easier for the defense. We were able to control the game from their standpoint through the run game between Kareem and, uh, and Nick. Uh, not a knock on Kareem. Um, but, you know, his role has come to the point now where it was a dual role between he and Nick Chubb, which led to obviously some you know great moments for this team. Um, so we'll, um, you know, we'll have a different week this week. Uh, we'll do our normal post-game type of stuff. Um, it is the bye week. We're going to throw in some different couple of things. Then we'll start next week off a little bit different as well um, as we just do some episodes here and, you know, not focus so much in and game action get some thoughts from some other people here as we roll on through the week on Locked On Browns. Pete Smith and his team over at Browns Digest on Sports Illustrated, they do a fantastic job. Make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you're following at Browns Digest on Twitter. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase, always a follow-back account. DMs are open, questions, ideas, whatever. Hit me over there. Me personally, at Jeff slash underscore, I'm sorry, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, DMs are open there as well. Um, uh, as much as the excitement for six and two, and I think we all kind of felt it, um, Browns did eventually lay an egg today. Um, it's not the end of the world. It is certainly not the end of the season. Um, got a chance here to get healthy, get right, get some players back before they are back. Week 10, 19 of the year versus the Houston Texans. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, subscribe. Five-star ratings, written reviews, all the good stuff over there, please. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dogbound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.